You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Our guest today is Amy Hay. Amy is a local Southern California artist. Her studio is called Centaur's Arrow. You can find her at www.centaursarrow.com. She came over and had a great conversation with Carlos and Satch about art, her approach to creativity, the relationship between art and nature, and lots of stuff in between. So I'm looking at uh, this one that you titled Fat. Oh, yeah. That was for Inktober. Inktober. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what's Inktober? <laughs> so there's an artist on Instagram that created Inktober. They put out prompts for each day and you make a drawing in ink based on those prompts. And so I decided to see if I could do an abstract drawing of each of the prompts so yeah wow wow does that look fat to you you know the title helps me understand it because i'm thinking of like like fat cells or like fat droplets yeah when i see that i don't know if that's what you were thinking i mean i was just trying to really stretch that out to be fatty yeah i I, that's i think that's really cool see carlos yeah yeah that's that's beautiful i think it's kind of gross wow (laughs) it's cool that we have a real live artist here and and unfortunately, our listeners can't necessarily see all these right now, but I'm sure we'll we'll have some up on our website. What, what I'm noticing in looking at your art is that you do a lot of um, shapes, a lot of flowing geometry. That's what it looks like to me. Um, is there a particular sort of angle that you have on art that you're you're trying to show? Well, I would say I'm I'm very interested in layers occurring, just in reality, you know. And as an artist. I'm basically putting down in visual form for others to see all the visual references that I've collected throughout my life. It's like its own language. So I'm, I'm just creating stories with this visual language that I've built over the years of, wow. you know, through visual experience. Amy, they're, they're fractal-like. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's fractal-like because it's like the pieces that you're painting seem to fit in other visual experiences whether it's looking down the trunk of an empty tree right at what's at the bottom or laying down on the ground and staring up and seeing the sky and a pattern in the sky yeah and imagining it's the same kind of like perspective you can't really tell how big something is without reference to something else right no matter how big or how small it's still it's the the same same. truth holographic yeah it's yeah yeah in a sense. In a sense. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting very abstract here. Oh, and it's this awesome. is great. This is great. Finally, we have yeah. um, inside the mind of an artist a, a creative show. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. Granted, I'm a visual artist, so the reason why I'm <laughs> I'm drawing it is because I'm not good at expressing it in words. Were you always creative, or is this a skill that you had to develop? And and what was that journey like? I feel like I was always creative. My household was like allowed for that. And there was always a craft table with crayons and scissors and glue. And it was always okay to do that. It wasn't okay to not clean up after yourself. You know, <laughs> we got some of that. But um, 
as far as creativity goes, that was something that was always encouraged. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I also remember when I was in school as a kid, you know, being in first grade, when other kids would say, oh, you're a good artist. I wish I was good. I would always mm. say, oh, it's not about, you know, you can do it too. It's just, just color. Just do this. And it wasn't ever something that was like, oh, I have this and I'm different than you. It was like, this feels good. Let's all do it. You know, mm, so that's great. I feel yeah. like I still have that spirit of just it doesn't you don't have to be of some caliber or some measure mm. of of something. Gosh, just, that sounds just very like, authentic. Just make stuff. Yeah, yeah that's living authentically, right? You're 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 doing and being your authentic self, and you just want others to do their authentic self, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, mm. I hope so. I, yeah. You know, I think creativity takes courage. Just like you're you're being honest, you're putting mm-hmm. yourself out mm-hmm. there and, you know, letting people hear your story. There's something vulnerable about that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Mm. Wow. Super cool. So w- when you're when you're making a piece of artwork, um are you sometimes thinking about the audience that might see it, or are you not thinking of any audience at all? Or um, you know, what's that if like? that if that ever creeps in, I stop mm, and okay. take a break because mm. it's just this fine line of yes, I'm creating something with the hopes that people will see it and interact with it and have an opinion about it, but I'm not creating it for that person. Mm-hmm. You know, if that creeps in, it's like. Who who's creating this now? That's so neat that you become aware of that and you choose to take a break. That's, yeah, that's I mean, neat. you know, in yeah. this day and age, I mean, this is something that I've been made aware of throughout my life as an artist. I'd say really I thought about it a lot. If I'm going to be around other people creating in the same realm as me, like doing woodcuts or doing ink drawings, if I'm interacting with too much of their imagery that's gonna like i'm a sensitive person i'm gonna i'm gonna start taking that in as part of my imagery record so i'm very sensitive of what outside influences i'm going to allow to shape my output it's like when you're developing something you you need a certain amount of isolation and purity while you're developing something, if you're on, I can imagine if you're on fire about a certain thing that you, you don't want to distract and dilute yourself when you're in that mode of developing. Right. Right. I also teach, um, young people one-on-one art classes. Um, I always tell them most of art making is seeing. Mm. And so as the student is drawing, their style's going to come out because of how they see. Mm. You know, I see certain details that maybe you don't see because mm-hmm. maybe I'm drawn to certain details or, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or maybe I'm practicing certain details. Well, actually, I don't see as much detail probably as you because I have bad eyesight. <laughs> and I don't have glasses on. Um, you know, but, which is part of me too. It, the yeah. fact that I'm seeing that blurry, like I have sure. a different relationship with the shape of that book than you do because I see it 
literally see it differently than you. Yeah, you're, you're and then, well, seeing is not just external, right? You know, we have an external part of seeing, which is um, describing something that's outside of us, but then there's, you know, you can't really divorce that from your subjective seeing the vision of what it is that you're looking at that may f- exist in physical space, but you still have a relationship with that thing, whether it's blurry or not. I mean, if you're seeing something perfectly blurry, is it blurry or is it focused? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you, it's if you your, can draw a perfectly blurry picture, then I would say that's pretty focused. Yeah. It's real. It's your reality. Yeah, it's you clear. Know? It's clearly blurry. Um, you know, like, like my painting style, I feel like part of it is derived from not seeing well, like the way that you have to see differently, the way that I look at stuff. And I've done this since I was a kid is especially if I see, um, other paintings is I just see it in like stacked puzzle pieces of color because it just all looks like it all fits together. And like, that's kind of how I see objects that are far away. They're just like patches of color stuck together, like a little Mm. puzzle. And so that's like how I paint, Mm. you know? And yeah, I can really see that now that you describe it that way. Mm -hmm. I can really appreciate some of what I've seen in your, in your art. That's, that's, that's really interesting. And there's, there's extraordinary detail in the way you draw that too. And I feel like, that comes just from noticing those details. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, since I was a child, I just, I go really deep inside something when I'm observing it, just of like, wow, well, yeah. like, what is this made out of? Wow, is this, how is this here? You know, because. Mm, right. Those are great questions. Like, that's just, yeah. like, <laughs> really reality are. is weird enough, you know? It's yeah. just like, whoa, look at this wood. This is like so much going on here. No one could have planned <laughs> this great. out. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to draw every single little part of it, you know? And I think it's like just a good practice of like mindfulness and awareness. For, and I recommend it to everybody to just draw what you see. And I, that's how I teach my students is like, if you want to be good at art, just start drawing what you see because you start building relationship with space and light and how light interacts with different surfaces. And then all of a sudden you have like this great appreciation for like any surface you look at, you know, as soon as you are looking down at your paper for longer than three seconds, you're no longer drawing what you see. You're drawing from memory. So look at it. Look at the thing that you're drawing. Such a fast society that we live in now, you know, since compared to when we were children, it's like, that's how we are with things and people is mm. like, oh, I, I know what that looks like. I don't need to look at it any longer because I already know. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And it's just, Good I parallel. like the idea of just, it's here. Draw it while it's, while it's still here. Like how rude of you to look away when it's here for you to draw right now. That's such wow. a great analogy. That's you know? beautiful. It oh sort of reminds gosh. me of like you, know, you go to a concert and then somebody's trying to record the concert on their phone and they're looking at this artist that they came to see through their phone, but yeah. the artist is right there in front of you. Yeah, just look at him. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Wow. Yeah. wow. And then that's great. And then you have like 
this amazing record in your mind, not now you have the visual and you have all of these other feelings and, you know, sounds and smells attached to this visual, you know, like how many times I've like seen a color and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of like my parents' van and now the smell of this in the summertime, you know, like, you know, all those things Mm. happen. It's like this visual record. And nowadays we're just so interacting with the screen, which in some ways is positive and some ways is negative, but that, you know, having that like physical thing in front of you and how it like absorbs sunlight and you know the only reason you're seeing that color right now is because you have like these cones in your eyes that only you see that color that way like there's no one else who's going to see the color the same way that you see it Mm. so i mean like that's incredible you know yeah it is and then then you also have like these tools like watercolors where you can like recreate the color that only you see and you can show it to other people, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, you're, you just invented this color. You know, Mm. you just made that because you see it. Yeah. You're talking about like infinite possibilities when you look at something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's neat. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. find yourself um, maybe just going about your business, not doing your art per se, but then suddenly something will strike you and you feel this strong urge. Like I just saw something that I need to capture. I need to explore. I need to draw or paint. Does that happen to you like that? Or, or is it just, yeah, I mean that does happen. And sometimes um, it works out to where I just do it, but um, I am very, I do try to store a lot in my mind. I try to have a sketchbook around. I kind of have this, <laughs> um, I don't know, I self-torture. Sometimes I deny myself drawing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do that with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I try not to do that with ice cream. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I go through periods of not, wanting to do any sort of creating Mm. because I don't know. It's just like this strange relationship as a creator. And I'm sure other creators out there know this. It's just, it's almost like, um, it's almost like another person. It's like your best friend, this creativity, you know? And sometimes you just like want to hang out and like share a lot of stuff and like, do stuff for hours. And sometimes you're just like, you know, I like, I don't, I just like, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, you have those certain friends where it's like, if I tell you this thing, it makes it real, you know, like, so there's, there's that kind of like relationship with creativity. That's like, you know, very personal of, Mm -hmm, um, 
it's not just to like sell paintings or mm-hmm. yeah. drawings. It's like, you know, therapy. You're describing your creativity sort of as a form of embodiment. You know, that it's there's this thing that you do, yet it sort of has a personality and it has an identity. Yeah. That's sort of what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, and that's what's cool too, I that I tell my students, it's like, hey, even if you don't go on to, you know, be an architect or be a famous painter or do anything that has to do with art, you know, you'll always have this relationship. You'll always be able to go to your sketchbook and do whatever you want. You know, it's, it's all about making your own decisions. Sometimes people think creativity is just like, oh, it's free, it's spontaneous. And, (laughs) you know, and yeah, there's moments of that, but it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of follow through. It's a lot of like commitment and, you know, making decisions and like as little as they may be, every decision creates the outcome. You know, it's just Hmm. a little model of life every time you make a piece. I always say, too, like, don't just don't erase. Just sometimes you draw ugly stuff, you know, just turn the page. Hmm. Just like, yeah, draw it. Sometimes you have to see that you make ugly shit. It's another great analogy. Yeah. Like, do we make mistakes? Do we make stupid decisions? You know, but without them, you know, you don't get all the other stuff in between. Mm. So that's great. You know, a a lot of the way I'm hearing you describe your your artwork sounds a lot like a scientist to me. (laughs) You know, um, you talked earlier about, um, you know, like really trying to control all these things to, to squeeze out this pure piece with like, like not, not letting other artists influence, you know, the way you're making your piece. That's like a scientist saying, we're going to control for all these forms of bias because I don't want these other outside influences, you know, screwing up my results. I want pure results, you know, and then there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of hard work. And, uh, um, it sounds like, you know, there's, there's this, it's an art, but there's a real craft to that art. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Yeah. I mean, and, and granted, too, like, there might be times I, I want the influence of a certain person or place or vibe that, like, it is about control. I mean, like, you're the creator. Like, that's the whole point is you're, you're, the, you're in control. Like, you're a control freak. <laughs> you, know? you are God. And, and, you know, it's like sometimes when I talk to some of my students – I like, I've heard them say like, Oh, I've been accused of being a control freak or I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, that's fine. This is the place where that's okay. You know, Mm. your, your opinion of what's perfect is going to be this today with this piece. And then when you're done with this piece, your idea of perfection is going to be totally different, you know, and that's okay. It's okay to like keep wanting to reach what you think is perfect. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 
most healthy place to to put that. There's a lot of wisdom in in what you're saying uh, that reminds me of the conversation with your husband Mark because it's like you you guys have um, devoted yourself to exploring an idea deeply enough that it's become so much a part of you that you can see the world through those eyes and it changes the way you describe things, the way you guys describe reality and your day-to-day existence and it comes across as wisdom. It's really nice to hear. Yeah. Cool. Thank yeah. you. It's great that you like recognize our aligned philosophies because mm-hmm. um, as you know, we, we teach together um, outdoors and so the the world of being an artist definitely collides and is very integrated into the world of being in nature and living off the land. Mm-hmm. They're very much aligned. And Mark and I, um, when we were in high school, we used to have conversations about, wow, what, what would the perfect school be like? And we'd talk about, you know, what kind of situation. We'd be like, oh, no classroom. Your own version of Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. So it's been great to go on this journey together and kind of put both of our ideas into play. And, you know, it's, you know, it's not, I don't feel very far away from my own childhood, mm. you know, so I, I feel like at times I can relate more to young people than maybe adults you know, because they're just, they're honest. They're seeing things with fresher eyes, you know, and hey, this is, time's fleeting. And, you know, every moment that we have to be a good influence on a young person and have them want to be good stewards for our earth, you know, is I think a way, you know, just the creativity the need to just make stuff, you know, and find ways to like interact with ingredients, you know, whether that be paint, canvas, clay, dirt, you know, hmm. we're just curious of how we fit in with these things all the time as humans. That's one of the things I enjoy very much about being outside with our schools. I just, I just see it all naturally come out in the young people you know it's just it's just part of who we are it sounds like curiosity is a big part of your creative processes both you and mark yeah for sure for sure and i mean drives it and seems to be a huge part of it curiosity is king i mean that's where it's at if you can stay curious then you know you're alive Listening to the Authenticity Show with your hosts Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Up next, Carlos and Satch continue their conversation with Amy Hay about art, including two album covers she did for me, which make me happy every time I see them. You did the piece of art that. Um is associated with our producer Oliver's uh, album, oh, right. Obsidian yes. Kite. 
And it looks like this really interesting crystallized piece of ice sculpture or something, you know, and, and, uh, you, you just, uh, worked on another piece. Um, Oh yes. Dark light, dark light. Yes. That's his latest album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, what's great is a, I've known Oliver for a really long time. So, um, and then, so I'm very familiar with his music. And so, um, when he approached me about the first album, I listened to the album and I immediately had knew I had some pieces that might might go with that. Um, and I drew some other ones too. But the piece that he selected ended up being from a series I did using twigs for pens from different plants and um, ink. And it was for a 100-day challenge on Instagram. And so that was great to hear Oliver's music and just immediately like just have like a visual connection with his music because that's what I what I enjoy about his style is I just can visualize not the instruments that are playing but more like the space that the sound is like traveling through that kind of makes wow. sense. I can yeah. relate to that. Wow. Yeah, you know? that's that's music. Like yeah. it takes you on mm-hmm. like a journey, like a journey. Yeah. yeah. And I feel as though I can interpret it visually in my mind. I try yeah. to capture it through my hands, you know. Yeah. If, if I could just take a photograph, maybe that that's what will happen in the future. And artists will be obsolete. You'll just be able to take pictures of your thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe they're, oh, man. they're almost there, if not there already. <laughs> God, yeah. I hope not. So, so if somebody was to look at Oliver's album called Obsidian Kite... The piece of artwork that's on there was made by twigs and ink. Yeah, a twig. A I twig. am not remembering at this moment which plant wow. that was. That blows my mind because I've seen this this piece of artwork many times. Every mm-hmm. time I, I, I look at, at Oliver's album. And you know? I use a little bit of water yeah. too to kind of like play around with the different values that I can get from the ink too. But um, the idea was to give up some of the control, allowing influence from the outside and guess who the honorable participant is is nature mm-hmm. oh, you know yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah nature shapes us or do we shape nature yeah you know which is it or what's the difference and, you know yeah. and what does that have to do with your ego you know so i was kind of more like surrendering to nature in a sense it's just like hey like allow me to create this beauty to kind of repay you for all the beauty you've given me, you know. Mm. Were there artists that inspired you growing up? Oh, yeah, for sure. As a kid, I would say um, MC Escher for sure was like... Uh, I could see that. (laughs) That guy like blew my mind. His whole creating something else out of the negative space Mm -hmm. and just like things being in a visual loop you know, of just this continuous movement because of the interplay of the positive and the negative space or, you know, the visual trick, optical illusion that he would put into things like the stairs that keep going, you know. Yeah, just my different- friend actually went to that museum and he, he went up the stairs and he never got there. <laughs> Sorry. 
It's a beautiful metaphor that you can never arrive. Yeah. Right? You can only travel well. It is. Yeah. <laughs> the hand which draws itself. Yeah. 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 So cool. He did that. Yeah. And he also did a lot of woodcuts. That is something that I really enjoy creating in that realm. Who else is Picasso? A lot of people think Picasso is like so simple and not his early stuff, you know, but how he got to where he ended up, I feel is I just, I like his story, like his progression, his, yeah, his style where he started as a young man and where he ended up. I just, I get it like throughout my life as a, as an artist, I've gotten it here and they're like, Oh, like, Oh, I get it. You know? And then, and then especially when you actually, some of his paintings I didn't see in person until I was, you know, in my late twenties. And then I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Oh, I get it. Oh, I even get it more. You know, his Mm. paintings were, are just, there's a lot more depth in them and information in them than you can ever get from the photographs that we usually see. Mm. Um, so he was a big influence. Um, Salvador Dali <laughs> was like, I, the whole surrealism idea was very intriguing to me as a young person, you know, especially like in junior high. I was like, whoa, whoa, he's so cool, you know. Mm. I remember seeing um, his show at LACMA. I remember I almost passed out. I was like so overwhelmed because there was work there from him being from when he was 19. You know, and I was like, I was 19. I remember being this person, like not that I'm Salvador Dal, but just like mm-hmm. having that developed relationship with art, with the visual world. Yeah, It was like, I just had this moment of connection of like, wow, like he's a real fucking person mm-hmm. and I'm a real person. And we like, we do the same thing. and it was just like it was like overwhelming just Uh being in this place full of all his work and he had no idea when he was 19 that his shit's gonna be in LACMA like Mm. with thousands of people you know hoping to see it you know and you see all his you just see his lines you can see the moment that his hand, his little 19 year old hand did that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it was just really cool. Wow. So he was a huge influence for me. I can really see, um, um, the influence between you and your husband, um, talking about this, about, about tracks. Yeah. About yeah. leaving this history behind of, of like, you know, moments in time where something or somebody warped you and changed reality and there's this record of it yeah i mean that's 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 what art is it's a physical record
another process that I enjoy doing in my artwork is destruction. That's something I do with some woodcut processes where you're reducing the block as you're creating an image in order to keep adding more layers of color or value. So you carve away the image, print out your whole edition, and then you go back into the block, remove more of the block away, roll another color out, print those on top of the next, you know, and keep going, you build up the layers, but the block changes. So you can't ever go back and revisit the previous steps, the previous moments. You can't, you can't go back because in order to go forward, you have to destroy. I mean, it's mm. like so eloquent. Mm. I love doing it. I love just hacking away at something I spent hours carving. I don't know. It was like, if that's that's cool demented, but i love yeah, it it's great. just like so real huh. you know like you can't be a kid forever like you can't have your grandparents forever like you know what i mean like mm. like shit's gotta die yeah like you know, you're gonna die i'm gonna die you know yeah. and, but like but there's beauty in that yeah you know what you're describing reminds me of um a developing fetus like for example take the hand at one point, there's no space between what we look at and see fingers. It's just a big ball. And then these cells are programmed to self-destruct. So all the cells that are between your thumb and your index finger and all the cells between your index finger and your middle finger have to die so that you can carve out a hand out That's of this fetal so tissue. so rad. I didn't you know? know that. Yeah. See? So, yeah. It's negative space. Like, I just have this love affair with negative space because... You can't have things without it. <laughs> like, you can't, you know? The concept sounds so kind of ridiculous, but, you know, there's space between you and I. I'm thinking of Taoist poetry again. Yeah, Taoist poetry and everything <laughs> else. Also, you know, in the Hindu um, philosophy, um, you know, Akasha, you know, space. Mm, yeah. um, it contains the other elements, fire, water, earth, and air. And Akasha could be thought of as the light, like the astral light, if you want to think of it that way, the, the mental stuff, the dreams. But it can also be the vessel out of which things manifest. It's like a, a space. You know, look out in the, in the night sky and you see all that negative space, the blackness of space. It just brings to mind esoteric ideas because we're talking about art and talking about philosophy. It just, it's kind of natural for me to, to think about spiritual and metaphysical ideas which seemed to be almost on the border between all Yeah, that. for sure. I mean, the, I find it almost comical, like when talking about creating art and trying to describe certain processes, it just makes me laugh because it's just describing a, a bigger truth, mm. which is why I named my studio Centaur's Arrow. It's nice. because to me, art is just truth. Sounds kind of hokey, but yeah. you Not know, it's just, that's just what it is. And in the Sagittarian yeah. world, they shoot arrows of truth. And so I was trying to describe art as That's the great. name of my... And if, if people want to see your art on Instagram, they just go to Centaur's Arrow. Yes. Yeah. And they can also see it on the cover of Oliver's new album. Yes. Oh, the new album. That's yes. Right. That's which right. I'm excited about because I wanted to bring it back around to that because that's like a, a fun thing when two different realms of creativity can come together. You know, I, I have no musicality whatsoever. I can't play any 
thing. I love music. I love listening to music and it's definitely a huge part of my life. So it's just cool when someone else's creativity, like their, their mode fits well with mine. And so I thought your latest album, uh, Oliver dark light. When I, when I heard it, I was just like, yeah, yeah. And I just like, I just started, I got, I thought I wanted to do color. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do ink and got all my brushes and ink. And it just happened with ease, like to match up these language. I'm like, oh yeah, this sound is like, I know this, I know that shape, you know? So that was cool. So I hope that that might be like a fun way to like approach seeing that piece because you have a little bit more information, you know, to, Mm -hmm help get you there. Yeah. But, um, Extra appreciation. Yeah. So it's very, um, spatial kind of takes you within those little spaces in between. Mm. That's actually, um, the thing that we were saying before we actually sat down, um, was that that one image just kind of pulled my vision into the picture. It was like, there was a clear feeling of depth in it rather than just seeing it as a two-dimensional. You're really good at, at taking those lines, curves, shades, and whatnot, um, and making it seem like you really are supposed to be falling into the picture or something. You know, it's like, it's it's there. Right. Thank <laughs> I you. Felt the same thing. You know what I mean? I, I felt it's like, like my your vision. eyes get pulled right in. Yeah, yeah. I felt like my vision, yeah. every time I look at it, is continuously falling into the, the focal point. Yeah. In, right awesome. into that light. Like, I'm falling into the light. My yeah. vision just can't stop falling into that light. It's, Thanks, it's really guys. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then you got to like put on some headphones and stare at that. And then like, you'll just like keep falling, but like in a really groovy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually felt like, like just from, from looking at it for a few seconds that it was like that. And it was kind of like, Oh, I would like to look at this later and just kind of trip out. For yeah. A trip out, man. You know, just let my, my vision yeah. take me. Tripping, yeah. Tripping yeah. Well, I mean, picture. mandalas, right. This was kind of relate back to the spiritual thing. Right. Um, uh, mandalas and yantra are um, visual representations of spiritual ideas and sacred geometry and various representations of cosmology, right? Um, forces interacting. Mm-hmm. And many of them have a quality that is fractal-like, and they also have a depth that can sometimes be there, even though it's a two-dimensional image. Right, right. And it's... Um, I'm not very familiar with that how far back does that type of practice i don't know for sure i just know it's it probably at least um five thousand years old yeah, but that's see, like, probably conservative it's probably so goes back much know, further than that it's so in us to like yeah, it's really wonder old. about stuff and like put it together and put a meaning on it and yeah you know it's just in us everybody's an artist been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Very special thanks to our guest, Amy Hay. You can check out her website at centarsarrow.com. The show is produced by Oliver Altine. Our theme music is composed by Oliver Altine. That's me. 
If you want to check out some of my albums that Amy did the artwork for, you can look me up on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, and places like that. It's O-L-I-V-E-R-A-L-T-H-O-E-N. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, The Authenticity Show, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our website, authenticityshow.com. Thanks for listening, and have an authentic day.